Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. Tonight, we have a very special guest that we're excited to kind of probe into and, and talk to and, and share life with and talk about how God has redeemed them in the same way that he's redeemed us. And we want to offer uh, kind of the testimony of his life up to you guys. And we want to talk through some things that we've touched on before when we had Zach on about a year ago talking about addiction and, and how we can help people through it and you know what kind of ministries are most beneficial to people who are uh, you know, kind of wading through those waters right now as we speak. So we are uh, sitting here tonight with uh, with Carl, and Carl's going to kind of give us some some s- snippets of his life. Um, I, I've been privileged to talk to him um, a few times over these past few months, and uh, hearing his testimony has really blessed me and opened my eyes. And I'm hoping that that happens tonight for people listening as well. So, uh, Carl, what? Um, can you give us uh, just a starting point for your, your testimony and, and kind of just tell us where you started from and where God brought you through? Well, I started in a, in a secular family. We, they, we thought we were Catholic, but, like, we didn't go to church. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't raised in a godly house, but I was raised in a loving house. Um, I was the only one, my mom always said, of six children that gave her the most grief <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and heartache. I did, and... And it wasn't good, and and uh, I did get to make amends for that with her. Mm. Um, you know, so only through the grace of God, mm. but I, I was still using at that time. But um, uh, my life started out with my 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 life of uh, of addiction started out just like many other people's, you know, uh, with finding finding marijuana when you're 13 years old and uh, smoking that, and then. And then it was um, 70s, you know, 77, 78, and methamphetamine was all over the place. I mean, it, you, it wasn't even illegal when I started doing it because there was no real description of it in the law book. So um, it became a law um, while I was using That's where I started with meth. And, uh, and, and my brother and my, and my friends I hung out with. Now, I grew up in a small town, Sweetwater. It was only a few of us. I mean, you could... Mm. You know, you still hit, hit everybody with a rock from yeah. your house. Yeah. So, um, uh, but but I was the only one that that uh, seemed to um, seemed to progress in my in in a, in a, and I and I married a, a girl uh, that a, a, a neighborhood girl there, and um, and we we all used, but after after we had our first child, Kara. Um, she, you know, was backed off and completely stopped. I couldn't stop, mm. and uh, it, and of course, naturally, this, this meth, meth, mm-hmm. meth. No, now, 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 at this point, this is like 1982 or 83 when we had the baby. We had got married, we had Kara, and uh, meth had just taken a complete dis- gone. Mm-hmm. You, they couldn't make it in the country anymore. They made it that they they made it so. Then I, st- I started dabbling in with cocaine, mm-hmm. which was very expensive. Meth was cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. could, you could get $10 worth of meth and last you a couple of days. $10 worth of cocaine lasts you about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, it was a financial strain. Um, I, uh, I was working in a factory, uh, Lenox, China. And I knew I didn't like that. I kind of had my head on straight, and I didn't at the same time. I don't know what led me down this path. I had so many opportunities to straighten out. And, uh, and I, t- I, chose an, I chose to go to school for another field. And, um, 
And I told uh, my wife that, you know, I, I was making pretty good money at Lennox and that I was going to take a, a big dive. And when, once I came out and I got my first job, they weren't paying me very much when I came out of school. So uh, and then the marriage really took a, a, a bad turn. And, um, and at the same time, I was functional. Mm. Um, I was functional and a, and, a, and a user. Like, you can't believe it. I never think I had a problem. I was still having fun using because it's Satan tells me, that's how it starts out. It's fun. This is fun. Mm. It's not long until it's not fun no more. So at, at this point, do, do you think you were a believer at this point? Oh, no, no, okay. no, not even close. Not okay. even close. Mm. Not even close. So she, she left me, and um, not naturally. And that gave me an opportunity to expand my use. But, but by the same token, my, my, my uh, employment got better and better and better. Um, the still cocaine? Oh, yeah. And then I went to a company in Philadelphia. I worked for them. I worked for them 14 years on and off. Um, I would smash up the guy's van, and he would fire me. And then he hired me back. I literally, and it's not funny. God, it's not funny. I went right across the street from the Aquabra City Diner. I went through two telephone poles, a fire hydrant, and crashed right into the house at 1 o'clock in the morning in this guy's van. Wow. All right, and uh, oh, I thought you were saying you like smashed it with like a bat or something. No, no, no. Like, get him back. Smash right into the guy's oh, door. Um, so God was with me then. God was with me a lot of times, so many times um, that uh, it's not even funny. Um, I didn't get a ticket. I got nothing. Uh, and I'm like, wait. And I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm done. I never had a drunk driving ticket. I never had. Anything but suspend the driver's license once in a while, which you could restore for a hundred bucks, and um, and I did it over and over again mm. um, because I didn't pay my bills because I was too busy doing that. So I'd have to go restore it, pay the hundred bucks to get my driver's license restored. That was the main reason why he fired me most of the time. But I did smash up <laughs> three of his vans in wow. the meantime. Yeah, and uh, he always hired me back. The guy always hired me back, but um. But then uh, it continued to get worse. But then I'm, I ended up, I was living with my mother in the same neighborhood I'm in now, um, actually um, three houses down. And, and that's an amazing thing. My mom willed me the house. It's not a house, double wide trailer. All I had to do was pay the ground rent. Ground rent was, that's all I had to do. No taxes, taxes, no taxes. And ground rent was only a little over 600 bucks. I was in the union with, the, no, no, I don't have that company on the company Able. I was with them in the union at the time. I couldn't pay my union dues because I was using so heavy. Um, and I didn't pay the ground run. I lost my house and my job at the same time because the union called my boss said, you got you to gotta let him go. So I'm like, oh, jeez. Mm. You know, it's terrible. And I was, and they had put me in the rehab, the union. Um, I was apprentice. I, I was a fifth-year apprentice. I worked for this company for three years, and then I... He decided to put me in the union, so I, I I didn't go through the whole apprenticeship because I've already had a lot of experience in the field. I didn't have to. Mm. Um, and uh, about how old were you at this point? <sighs> Just about about twenty seven, twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, so. Um, Maybe a little bit older than that. I'm not. I don't really remember. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was 30s yeah, or 40s. Yeah, it was. Or, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, then I then I'm, I'm something. Judge tells me I gotta get out of the house. So the people in Philadelphia that I hooked up with, I worked down here out of, out of my house, 
And uh, the guys that I became friendly with, I made worse friends. Put it that way. The friends that I gave up, like my brother and that group, I gave up for worse friends. Then, after I gave them up for worse friends, I even gave them up for worse friends. Worse or worse friends. Only because I, I don't even really know why. Because that's where my addiction led me. Mm. Um, then I started in the bars. I, be, I became a, just a, I would be the first one at the bar and last one to leave every night. Some nights I would leave the bar at 4, 4.30 in the morning and get in the van by 7 mm. and drive. And like some mornings I literally started my day in, in um, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 200 miles away. And, you know, it was a horrible drive. I could try. Anyway, it wasn't yeah. good. Mm. So I lost all that. I ended up in a guy's basement in Nag Harbor Township who I didn't know. I had to get my stuff into storage. The guy, my friend from Philly, came down and helped me. Um, we moved my stuff in the, in the storage. The guy says, I said, I got nowhere to go tonight. And, um, you know, I had I put curtains in the van a few times. But um, he says, oh, I, got a, I got a room for rent in my, in my, in my house. It was a big, beautiful house way out in that Garber Township. And uh, so I go, and he, I know, man, I got now I got a place to stay. But, um, oh, then I really got, this to the point, I'm probably missing a lot of it, but this is where I started cursing God, mm. you know, and... Um, well, at any point of this, were you aware, were you aware that this path you were going down was because of the drugs? Or were you in denial, just like, no, no good, I, I got... Li-. I was in denial. Okay. Oh, yeah. Before I got to that guy's house, I did realize I had a problem. I was in the bar, and a girl came at the bar said, said to me one Wednesday night, and I was there at 7 o'clock. Nobody else is in there but me, and this was a busy bar. And I went in the bathroom and did some and came out and said, and the residue was on my nose. And she said, if you got to do that at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. So I got my wheels turning. I mean, she really hit me hard mm-hmm. sitting there at the bar. I go, oh, God. So I said, and I thought hard and heavy about that with the, her words. Mm-hmm. And it didn't stop me, not at all. So I started going. I went to some secular rehabs. So I went to two in Pleasantville. One at the rec center, one was uh, over by the high school. I went to two in Mays Landing, um, the lighthouse, and one at a church in Mays Landing. I went to one in Pomona. I went pretty regularly. And uh, What do you think about them, like, didn't work? Like, why didn't they help or well, take? first of all, because they, 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 the first thing they had to do, now my brother was a drinker, and he went. And well, that's, a, that's another story when... But um, anyway, they, the first thing I, I noticed was sitting there was that when they introduced around the room, hi, my name's Jim. Uh, I'm a drug addict. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay. So, um, you know, and so I started doing that. Hi, my name's Carl. I'm a drug addict. I've been using for, mm-hmm. I'd say, five years or whatever I said. It was way more than that. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm thinking, why do I have to say I'm a drug addict? I'm here to, I'm here to, I'm kind of become, you know, here to shed that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. And then you hear guys and women say, hi, my name's uh, Bill. I'm, I'm, I'm a drug addict. I've been clean for 25 years. And I'm like, wait a minute, something's not right. But I kept going. Then, uh, and I'm using, and I'm using. Then another girl bartender that I know who I ended up going to church with years later. Her and her family came to church. I was shocked. Um, she said, I, I, know, I got, a, I got a, a meeting for you to go to. Another meeting. It was a Christian meeting. I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me find it. And I had lost a job. There was a company in Pleasantville that hired me. And, and, and even if I, my driver's license was dirty, they'd let me drive their van, or they'd get one of the one of the one of the young guys to drive me around. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so I was working for them. And I got back, back in wheels, and uh, I'm over there. At the, and I walked into that, into that Christian. It was just a meeting. It wasn't a rehab. Not yet, it wasn't. And uh, I, um, I'm like, well, you know, I, I liked what I saw. I liked what I heard. And I, and I never got that feeling at all the meetings I went to secularly. They always wanted you to blame somebody, especially the um, the lighthouse in Mays Landing, the rehab place in Mays Landing called the Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. I think they recently changed the names, but they wanted you. To, there was always somebody to blame. They they almost, I, I heard them not with me, but with other people trying to coax them out, try, trying to coax the person into it was your mother, it, it was your school teacher like blaming. It's not your fault, and you know, and it's a disease. So after I got into this Christian meetings, and I, I just loved it. I, I never missed a meeting, but. The pastor would say, well, you know, Sunday's, Sunday's uh, church is a 10 o'clock service. I'd say, yeah, okay. I'll see you then. I didn't show up. I never showed up. I showed up to the meetings. And uh, then I started to realize uh, the difference. The big difference was I found out that it was, it was a defect in my character, even though um, a direct, I'm dealing with consequences in my life that are a direct result of my sin choices, well, it's the same thing. I did make the choice. I made the choices. And then the evil, uh, Satan, whatever you want to say, mm. he took my character. And I had a good character. And he started twisting it, you know, to the point where now I have a, de- a, a defective character. Mm. Where God, mm. like God, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So I know that was one of the verses, and uh, I'm like, wow, I was born with, with this, you know, and, I, and I'm truly believing what I'm hearing. I wasn't like, I was not believing. I was believing faithfully, but it still wasn't, wasn't, wasn't stopping me from using that. So at that point, you, th- you like you had a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ at that point? It just it wasn't affecting you? I wasn't you. saved. No, okay. I here, no. So you were just believing? I was that there was a and God. I was enjoying what I was hearing in these okay. meetings. So you like the fellowship and the people and I the, the conversation. Fellowship. Yeah, that's where I met Tracy. Then I met uh, my wife. She would help out, Tracy, you know her. And uh, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This is after I left. I, I, I was at the guy's house in Edgewater Township. Yeah. See, I told you, I don't remember my third. <laughs> <laughs> I was living in the house at Edgewater Township. So I find myself, it's such a bad way there. My brother, it was a windy, cold day. I don't know if you've ever been down Tilton Road between the airport, the airport where the yeah. fences oh, yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. That snow was blowing across that street. And it was a Saturday morning. There were no cars out, and I'm walking. And I see my brother look at me and keep going. Mm. And I'm in the middle of there. It was unbelievably cold. So I didn't blame him. He kept going. But anyway, I'm in this guy's house, and, and I'm blaming God. I am out, I'll never forget, being out underneath this guy's deck just, cursing God as foully as you'll ever believe. You couldn't, I, I don't think I've ever cursed anyone as foul as I did. And then that's when the girl put me in. God said to me, and I did it night after night, mm. and God, and I, and I would walk. I was walking for, not because I had to go to a job. I was walking for drugs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm still, I, I, the devil has wrestled me to the ground to that low. Mm. Well, I have nothing. And, uh, then God must have said, you know what, I'm going to show you. And that's when that girl, the bartender, called me and said, I got a rehab for you. And that's when I started going. I'm like, wow. So uh, I'm like t- talking to the pastor. And I'm like, you know, I, I did something horrible. I was cursing God. I was cursing. I'm like, you can't even believe. 
he said, God don't mind. You were acknowledging him. So I said, well, that made me feel a little bit better. But Amen for that pastor. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's a great pastor. Yeah, yeah. So then he started a home. For he had a men's home and a women's home. And uh, I, I ended up going into the home. And I knew Tracy then. Me and her were talking. And they were a kind of a church where they separated us. You know, we were both invited to lunch after church. We went to the uh, Mill Street Pub in Mays Landing for lunch. And uh, they made sure that I sat here and Tracy sat there. And uh, so it was kind of awkward, but we, we managed to it. And uh, he married us. But, um, man, there's so much that I think I'm, I'm skipping here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to everything. I'm taking okay. notes on points I want to talk about in the All future. Right. So give us the spark notes and we'll come back. Okay. So then we got married. Everything's good. Everybody thinks I'm good. Every, I did get clean. I got, I got good clean time there. Mm. And uh, only, be, only through the Holy Spirit I got good clean time. And things started coming back to me. I, I mean, the devil took everything from me. My brother... My older brother died, and he was an alcoholic. I had I had problems in our family. They just were very functional, like I was. My older brother was a very functional alcoholic. He was a Vietnam vet, and um, he was a union electrician, and he just did so good for himself, even though he was so bad at points. I'm bad, and he's at my mom's house, and he's bleeding out of every orifice because of low blood pressure. And wow. I got to take him and carry him to the, to the hospital to that point of an alcoholic. And um, just, he was a good guy, a really good guy. He didn't know the Lord when he died. Um, always dressed up nice. And uh, oh, why was I even talking about? Oh, why was I even talking about Phil? Um, hmm. Oh, he left. He left mm. me a bunch of money. A lot of money. Mm. And uh, like $100,000. And guess where that went? Right to the Encounter right, podcast. Right, right yeah. where I wish. That's a few mics. Well, yeah. well, some of it did. Some of it did. Not all of it. Uh, but anyway. And then uh, me and Tracy ended up getting married. I was clean. I was good, I was good and clean then. We bought a house in Tuckahoe. And uh, one day I decided um, that would be a good idea to try and quit rack again. Because I, I advanced crack. I advanced okay. to crack after a while. That's a sense, that's a sense yeah. you should never... I think it's a good idea to try crack again. <laughs> you don't want to say that too often. That's really. what I said to myself. Yeah. Now cheaper? my thinking is still stinking, huh? Is that because it was cheaper? No, yeah, it's a little bit cheaper, not much. Mm. So uh, and I made good money. I made real good money in my field. Um, and I, there was weekends where I literally... There was one. I passed the house every time I come to church and very often on Moss Mill. I put a furnace in the guy's house, a small one, and, and on a Friday night. He paid me. I forget what I made. I made $800 or something. Got my paycheck, came in the mail, because I worked for a company at that time, that able out in North Jersey, they paid me by mail. Got my paycheck came Saturday morning. Monday, I had no money. Okay? I just wow. made 800 bucks on a side job. Got my paycheck and had no money. I would spend $20 at the bar and 200 in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and that's not a lie. And probably mm. some nights, four hundred in the bathroom. Mm. Um, uh, so, what were we doing for food? <laughs> I didn't eat a whole lot. I managed to find time to eat. <laughs> I'm just I, um, saying, like... 
I ate out. I, I, you know what I did? And this, and uh, this is another sad thing. Back then, the Chinese buffets were everywhere. And they were $4.99. <laughs> okay? I, I used to joke with the guys that I hung with, and I feed once a day. And I would stop around lunchtime and eat as much of that as I could at the Chinese buffet. Mm. I did that a lot. Mm. And I ate a lot of noodles. If you stay there till dinner, you can have two meals for the yeah, same price. Yeah. yeah, But I did. I saved money that way. I quit drinking. I quit drinking because you know why? It was getting in the way of my drug use. Mm. I gave up drinking like that, and I had more money for the drugs. Mm. I went to uh, Virginia to work for a week. My, I did a lot of out-of-state work. I drove down, and uh, I brought down a big bag of Coke with me. By the third night, I'm out. Mm. And no, there was no GPS in the van, son. There was no the, the free, uh, phones were brand new. I still used the phone booth with a phone cord the company gave me. And I drove, got back 195, went all the way to Philly. You get more from wow. Alexander, wow. Virginia. And then Look, I saw you were coked wow. up. Huh? Did you run back or did you drive? <laughs> I drove. <laughs> I drove. <laughs> drove. That much yeah, yeah. That's how, that's how much I wanted it. That's how, how, how the drive. That's yeah. the, the addiction. So then when I'm, I'm married, Tracy, everything's good. And God bless her, man. I love her to death. Um, I started using it again. Mm. And it, it started to become worse. And she was a believer in Jesus oh, at this yeah. point, right? She and I'm going Christian. along with the Bible. I'm going to church. Mm. I am in the second church. I'm not in that church anymore. I'm in the other, my next church, which was a really nice church. And, and we had some issues. But anyway, I'm at, I find myself one morning, and I'm, I'm getting ready to put my ladder up in the back of a men's warehouse in Cherry Hill, and I'm just sitting there. And I was hungover, drug, drug, drug hungover. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I cannot. I got to stop it now. I got to get back. I, I can't get, let this because it, it's just going to spiral. And I, I called my pastor, and uh, and the first thing he said was, does Tracy know? I said, no. So he said, you got to call her next. Mm. That was hard. Yeah. Very hard. Mm. Did you do it on the spot? Did you do it right then, or did you I, wait? I, I, no, I stopped. I stopped doing it. Uh, did I do it on the spot? Call yeah, her? did you call oh, yeah. her right oh, away, yeah, or did you right wait? Right okay. On the spot, yeah. So I worked, continued to work that day, and then Keswick, I went to Keswick, and uh, that took a procedure to get in. I had to make sure you wanted to get in there. Do you mind if I ask something real quick? Do you, yeah. How did she react in that phone call? Like, just Did she lo- lovingly, she, or was she just hurt? Or She was hurt so bad, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but she was grateful. I believe she was grateful that I, um, that I, that I, you know, try just put put a stop to it or tried or, you know, I, I admitted it to yeah, the people yeah. in my church and yeah. to my pastor first, and uh, I went to Kazakh. I didn't like it at all. Yeah, tell us about Kesek. What was it like there? <laughs> well, it was hard. You know, no contact with the outside world the first month. Um, so I, in the meantime, I had lost my relationship with my daughter and my son, my brother, my sister, who was, you know, just a straight shooter and her husband and her family. And me and my brother were close and, you know, I lost that. My son and my daughter didn't talk to me. Um, so I got that back by this point. Now they're, they're coming back. God restored that relationship. All my relationships God restored. Mm. Um, I know when we were talking um, for the past, you know, little bit. Yeah. 
you, whenever you would talk, I'd find a lot of parallels to Job. That's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. And, and and not in terms of because I know Job was you know Job knew Jesus or knew God and was upright, and then you know the afflictions came. But the idea of you were saying how like you're kind of like a walking Job where you you lost everything, oh, and yeah. and doubt and all the same kind of feelings crept in, and then God restored you and in your life after you fully committed and went through waded through the deep you know yeah um, so whenever you talk about your testimony i'm like man that's you're like a living job you know? <laughs> no it was no joke so no yeah. it was no joke <laughs> well in, so, the, in the restoration redemption yeah. aspect i mean yeah he restores so he, he the restoration part of it i have down as um i guess like the uh, the, the third step here so deuteronomy deuteronomy 33 God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He will have compassion on you. He will come. He will come back and pick you up all the pick up pick, and pick up all the pieces from the, all, all of the places where you were scattered. And he sure did. My list goes on, and uh, and then you have uh, Joel two twenty five. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten, and. Um, and God, now my, my testimony, my real tr- true testimony, I didn't want it to be totally about my drug use. I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be about, well, I wanted it to be about God mm-hmm. and, um, and references that I can always use. Um, he, he restored God. Nothing was me in my testimony. I, I, I can be a me, 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 my, 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 mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of a guy. So I don't like to be that person, but I, I am a lot. But in my testimony, I try to, not be me, me, me. Well, I think it's helpful though to paint the picture because people listening don't know who you are, you know, and don't know the backdrop. And so, what I like about testimonies like yours is when you can get the idea of, you know, this is where you almost get a visual picture of where God pulled you from, right? Like in in mm-hmm. a lot of in a, you almost oh, yeah. in a, almost in a physical way, you know, well, that's, almost that's, in a physical way, absolutely. And, and that's, and that's why I it's helpful it. to get. I looked at it that way, and that's why it's helpful to get like these twenty minutes of like. This yeah. is the before Christ, and this is the after, and yeah. Jesus was in the middle. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. feel guilty about the me, 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 or the I, I, I part because that's that's <laughs> okay. what makes it a testimony. Yeah, like if they, if you didn't have that, then everybody's testimony would Dude, be exactly I, I, the same. Yeah, okay. which is, I, in some point I, it is. But I don't want to take any credit for my recovery. Well, no, I don't oh, think. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. I don't want any gotcha. credit for my recovery because it was all God, and some of it was. Uh, I would say he came down uh, supernaturally. Is that okay? Okay to say? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, got a supernatural. That he hit me in. Uh, he hit me in ways that were just incredible. Um, so I got, I got my job back. I got. How long were you at Keswick? Three months. You said three months. Three months. Okay. Yes. Um, things just started picking up for me after that. Like you can't believe. I, me and Tracy, we lost, we lost the house, but it wasn't due to that. Um, but it was due to another circumstance. And uh, we ended up buying the house I'm at now. And uh, the house I lost that I owned outright, you know, I, I bought down three three houses down. I got my job back. I got my family back. Okay, now I made really good money in the union. So um, I got put back I got put back in, in, a, in another uh, non-union job really good. And I'm like, God, man, thank you for that, God. And the next thing, you know, I'm like, what else can you restore from me? You know, everything you gave me back. And now I have, now I have money left. You know, I went to Alaska. I was able to do some things and got my kids back, got my relationship back, got my relationship with my sister back. Um, 
And uh, that was the most important thing. But um, then, uh, then God said, you know, he wasn't done yet. Mm. You know, <laughs> he put me back in the union. Okay. And I said, that is done. Uh, a guy approached me. And, uh, and there's a company in, in Southampton right above Philadelphia that, uh, that, it, that would hire me. So I went for the interview because I wasn't happy. I was with a, with a non-union company, and, and uh, I, did, I was with them 11 years. Mm. And it was, it was time. It was just time for me to leave. Me and, me and, the, me and the other company became too close. Um, and, and, and if anything happened, which it did, and the guy was good. He, he, I was with that company when I, when I, when I went to, to uh, Keswick, and, uh, and he put up with it. He let me keep my van at home and all that, and, and when I was done, and I actually helped his nephew out, who ended up ODing, mm. um, and that was a shame. But uh, me and the guy who came were tight, and uh, I was his go-to guy. You know, I trained guys for him, and uh, anyway. So I left him and be over this job. So I went, and the guy said to me, he goes, you know, you have to get in the union. And I said, oh, man, I said, I, I burnt that bridge. I burnt that bridge a long time ago. They're not going to let me back in. He said, I know. He, you know, the other guy talked to him, and he handed me a phone number. And I called the number, and the guy said, the next thing you know, I got a, whole, I got a full journeyman's card in, in wow. the mail. Wow. Yeah, and I'm like, God, thank you. So... Ah, that job, that job that got me in, it was for um, T-Mobile. The company took on T-Mobile account. Mm. And I, I was there in the interview. He called me on Monday and said, after I got in and was accepting the union for a little while, a week or so, I got your van ready. Your van's getting ready right now. By that day, they, they lost the account. Because no, he when he took on the 500 T-Mobiles, none of his – and that that's the biggest – Biggest comp uh, refrigeration company on the East Coast. Okay. So they took 500 sites, and none of their guys are all. These are all really smart refrigeration guys. They're like, I'm not, not doing no roof rattler. You know, that's what I did my whole life was just rooftop units. And uh, so he was anxious to get me in, and, and anybody he could. Yeah. So they, they lost the account. Now, I don't get the job. He tells me I can't get you, but I got my union card and no job. Mm. So it wasn't long. And uh, I went to another company that was just way too advanced for me, um, uh, the work that they did. So we parted ways, and I was I thanked them for giving me a chance and mm -hmm. an opportunity to see some of that, that equipment. That uh, I was just too old at that time to, to learn new tricks mm -hmm. in the field. So then the next thing you know, I look in there and said, somebody from the old company, Abel, that I lost the van, lost the house rep, called me. So that's 22 years later. I'm back in the Able van. Yeah. Wow. So that's the company I was with when I just got taken out of work. But but that every John restored everything. He even gave me back the same exact job that I had when the devils took every, when he took everything from me. Wait, uh, so at what point, like, uh, did you do you think you really found a relationship with Christ? So like we you were at Keswick for a while, right? And and at that okay. did you accept Christ at Keswick or or no? No, I wasn't even at Keswick yet. Um, I, and God was granting me all kinds of just unbelievable things, and mm. I hadn't committed myself to Him yet. Mm. I was hard. I, 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 it's embarrassing to say I was probably. Let me see. Tracy brought me this by mom. All right, Tracy needs a hug, man. Yeah. Huh? Tracy's a great woman. Oh yeah, unbelievable. She bought me this Bible February fourteenth, 
uh, Valentine's Day, 2008. So I didn't. I don't even know what year it would have been. I I I, uh, I accepted. I, I I knew I was saved and got baptized. Um, I don't know what year it would have been. Eight or nine years ago. Okay. So that's when you can say on the dates that mm-hmm. took a long time. Mm-hmm. Took a long time for me to really submit. Um, I didn't pick up and use, but I always want to leave something in my back pocket. Mm. Something that, you know, for security. I couldn't let drop everything. Submit everything to God. Let him take everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I just always tried to keep a little bit, you know. I'm going to just keep this. Maybe God won't notice. But I never did pick up. Thank God. And then I realized, because I, I still had sin in my life, but not, not using. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sin like everybody else yeah. has. Um, and... Uh, I submitted it and got baptized and declared myself saved. Amen. You know, and uh, and then uh, there was some issues with that church there, and uh, we we found out when Kara had started coming to um, Calvary and Hamilton, and uh, I, I came to a few times, and um, Tracy followed behind me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's all about God. It really is. Um, it's so much as let me see. And you have to come to a point where before I got saved, and I, and I came out of Keswick, where you need to learn the armor up. Um, you know, and I know, and it's not just a saying to me or a, a, a 50-some verses in the Bible where that teaches you to armor up. You, you need to armor up. Hmm. You need to learn to put the armor on a God. And that helped me tremendously. So, I mean, if there's any... I'm probably messing this whole thing up. No, you're not messing you know, anything Ephesians up. Ephesians 6, okay. 11 to 13. It's one of my favorites. And uh, I wrote it down because I haven't. Uh, this one I haven't memorized yet. I have a lot of verses memorized. But <clears throat> if I was to find somebody that was totally secular and was asking me questions about becoming a Christian or, or Christians in general, this is where I would go. Ephesians first. Ephesians, Ephesians 11 to, 6, 11 to 13. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, fl- flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all this, and to and have, and having done all to stand. So, I mean, I, it's pretty amazing, you know. And you do, and that's all it is, you know. And now, where is it in James somewhere where you know uh, you have to be vigilant and sober because your adversary, the evil one, roams to and fro like a roaring lion to seek who he may, right. not who he can, who he may devour. Mm-hmm. Me, I let I let the devil devour me. I let him devour me. And Pastor was talking about the other night, the other, a couple sermons ago, a couple weeks ago, about how weak the devil is. He don't, how, and the strength that he has. I always said the devil has the strength of a mouse. But if you lay down in front of a mouse, a mouse long enough, he's going to devour you. Yeah. Mm. You know. And uh, and it is a matter. I allowed him to do that to me. You yeah. know. And uh, I hate to see anybody else go through. Uh, and I, I know, you know, 
I had a lot of opportunities to seek help, and I let it go on for way too many years. Well, I mean, you may look back on that, and and what? So, just a couple of things I'm I'm hearing. I don't know if you mind if we just talk for a little bit about like some things no. that you said that like impacted me while you were talking. Like one of them. How old are you now? Do you mind saying? Sixty-one. I don't mind. Sixty-one. Okay, I don't know. Some people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's a young sixty-one, um, yeah. and that was eight, nine years ago. You accepted Christ. Yeah. Yes. So let's just say, what well, I can't do math. Fifty years. Fifty-three. Fifty-three. Eight years ago. No. 50, he said it so confidently. I was. I was with him when 50, he said it. Yeah. Sure. I, mean, I was rounding. <laughs> God has been. What you can see it through your testimony had been calling you for fifty. Three years at yes, that point, yes. through the you know the event with your son, through um, all the different people that were in your life, it wasn't like a I don't know a one time thing where you just heard a good message. You heard many good messages. You had a lot <laughs> of good mentors, mm-hmm. and until the Spirit called you, until He called you in His kingdom, I yeah. mean, it, it took a long time. And praise oh. God that He did so patiently, relentlessly pursue you for all that time, you know? Oh, I'm so glad. I am so I got my brother saved. Mm-hmm. The biggest, the highlight of my whole life. My brother was, um, he was an AA, not an A. He went to AA. Mm-hmm. He quit drinking through them. And uh, he wasn't a terrible alcoholic or anything, but he didn't like it. So, and he was a dedicated member. And uh, and I and I, now I'm a Christian and I'm like, Fred, you know, uh, and now he's he got cancer, four stage lung cancer, and Fred quit smoking 22 years before mm. he got it, and all he did was pester the heck out of me for smoking. So, and I always told him he, he had a gym like you have in his house and all. I said, Fred, you're gonna be you're gonna be laying in the hospital someday, dying of nothing. Mm. So he gets cancer. Oh my God, horrible! Everybody liked Fred, and. Uh, like I said, we were very, very close, and we yeah. got real close again. And um, I, I got him saved. I got him saved. And uh, luckily, the company I worked for then, um, the one I had the fallout with the boss, he let, he was in Cancer Treatment Center of America in Philly. The boss said, scheduled all my work in Philadelphia um, for any time I want. Any time I asked him, he put me out that way. So I would go there and sit with him until... I don't even know how late, 11, 12 at night, and then drive home. or And, uh, and I, I was able to be with my brother a lot. So he gave me all the time I needed, and he paid me. Um, so then uh, he finally, he, he, there was a guy that came to um, uh, Calvary Chapel, Hammond, I won't mention his name, who was just uh, just driving Fred, and he would tell me, Get him out of here. Shut him up. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, because he was sick. And I'm like, Ed, Ed, you got to stop. I said, you got to realize, you got to know when, when the Holy Spirit's talking through you and when he's not, mm. you know? I said, Ed, you got, you know, I'm, he's there. You know, he just goes on and on and on, you know? And I, and I finally got him away, and, and, uh, and I, started, I started on him. And I had others come out, real good Christians, uh, that, that I, you know, I'm, I, I'm believing they were and, uh, and I believe that and and talked to my brother and uh and uh, he got saved so I would sit and read but now I'm not even going to work uh, it was the end he was in in uh, mainland and um 
I would just say it was so bad, and they would, don't stop reading. Everybody <laughs> reading the Bible. Mm. Don't stop. I think he's asleep. He's closing, trying to close my eyes. Don't stop reading. <laughs> but he, awesome. he maintained a sense. He had a great sense of humor. Everybody liked Fred. Um, my pastor came to say him, and he was kind of like a timid guy, and, and the machine's beeping. Beep, beep. He goes, shut that thing up. Hit that button. Shut that thing up. So he's all nervous about hitting it. So he's over there, he hits the button, and the nurse walks in. My brother said, I told him not to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> you get somebody arrested for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely do that to one of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but he had been coming to church by that point. Okay. And he, he didn't even know he was sick. I got him actually coming to church, and he came once every Sunday. Uh, he had a... Yeah, no, Fred. And one of the, one of the girls said, your shirt's on inside out. Well, anyway, <laughs> that was Fred. And, uh, yeah. But he wasn't saved by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got him saved in the end there. Hmm. Yeah. And Tracy yeah. just loved him and uh, loved Fred to death, like everybody else, everybody. Yeah, sometimes it takes, like you said, like multiple people over months and months and months of just – Loving on people, you know? That's what it like, takes. Yeah. And, yeah, who knows? I mean, so I guess what I'm trying to get at um, from just listening to your testimony, too, is that there was a physical aspect of God calling you. Like, it, like God led you through addiction by people in your lives. But his ultimate goal was not for you to be recovered from drugs, right? His goal was for you to become his child. Yes, become you know? saved. And like, so I can imagine like the whole time he's like, all right, that's it. You know, him looking at, you know, and, yeah. and, and he looks all of us the same. So, I mean, I, I said this when we had uh, our, our friend Zach on uh, um, about a year ago who had a similar testimony about uh, drugs was like, I almost envy people whose big struggle is on the outside. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, you're, you said, you know, I had other sin in my life, but I, I was the, I, the outward one I had taken care of, you know. Yeah. And I think uh, today, if, if you're not wrestling or with a besetting sin that's on the outside, you have it on the inside, and there's no accountability. Like if, mm-hmm. if um, I was struggling, like when you were struggling with drugs, you called Tracy and, and you were saying, like, this, is, this is what I'm struggling with, I need help. But if guys are struggling with different things like lust or, you know, more embarrassing sins or, no. you know, more anger or something like an actual emotional one, um, it's much more – I wouldn't say difficult because it's – I wouldn't say more difficult, but it's more difficult to be held accountable, you know, because it's a lot easier to, 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 for people to know that, hey, I think he's strung out again as opposed to like, hey, I think on the inside he's thinking things he shouldn't, you know. Um, right. It's, it would be the difference of like somebody saying I have a – besetting sin of anger and somebody else being like I have, I have a besetting sin of like violence yeah mm-hmm. the, like there one can go. go about like well he's not one can get ignored because like, well he's not hitting anybody so I guess he's containing it yeah you know, but the inside you could be boiling having murderous thoughts and you're, whatever you know what yeah. I mean? and, the, and the other one if you're getting physical fights and then you stop they're like oh well he's got he's, he's, he's got it fixed yeah you know so it's, it's that like it's, you're right it's the accountability of like mm. when it's inside it's like I guess he's got it all together you know it, yeah it's hard to, and then you don't have to face it Immediately. Right, right, exactly. You can, you can let it skirt for and it's a long just time. In and, then, right. and then you just are wasting a lot of time not recovering. Right. And, oh, yeah. You, you spin know, in your wheels. Sure, I spun my wheels. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I um, I know that, you know, every single listener here um, that's, that's listening to this, maybe not be able to empathize with that specific sin or that specific addiction, but it's just a, like a symbol for our spiritual running away from God and God calling us 
into you know into his arms. Mm-hmm. And so one one um, scripture that popped in my mind while you were talking um, is Matthew nine. Um, so I just said it as if I had it pulled up, and I don't yet. So I was going to say that's the whole armor of God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in Matthew nine twenty four, I this is a scripture I know I've pops in my head a lot because it is it's pretty impacting. Um, nine twenty four. So this prayer is is familiar uh, if you've read. Um, I'm sorry, did I say Matthew. I said I meant Mark. Um, it says. In Matthew, uh, Mark, <laughs> in in the Bible, <laughs> uh, so he asked his father, "How long has it been happening to him?" And he said, "From childhood." And often this has been uh, throwing him in the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you can have anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes." And then immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, "Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief." Mm-hmm. And I I love that prayer because. Although there are probably other prayers that God would like you to be, you know, having a different heart, it is so authentic and so raw. God, I need help to get me to where I need to be. I, I'm not even sure I do believe, but help me have right. the faith that I need to have because I don't. Um, and Huge. I hear that echoing from the prayer that you, you know, you said you were okay. cursing God. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's they're not the exact same prayers, but the idea of like, no. ag- like the pastor said, you're acknowledging God and saying. I, I know you're sovereign. I know you're in control. I'm just not happy about the way things are right now and, yeah. the, and the life that's in front of me. Yeah. And I've heard a, another powerful testimony of um, a man that I respect. He he had a, a certain point when he was uh, wrestling with alcohol and the addiction of alcohol and a child that was um, making some tough decisions. And at one point he was on his back deck and, and this man was, um, Jewish. Um, so he, he was not a believer in Christ yet. Like he didn't believe in, in Jesus. And at one point, and, and this is him, these are his words. And he got choked up while saying it. And he just said, he just cried out and said, God, like, I, I cannot believe you're there if this is true. And he said, he swears he heard some, like the audible voice say, I'm here. And that's all that he heard. And he said, I just brought him to his knees and he right off the bat, just accepted Christ. Hmm. And sure. whether that was audible to anybody else, I don't care. He, yeah. God spoke to him in that moment, you know, and he heard that voice and that was what needed. And it was a prayer that wasn't like, God, you're amazing. I lift my hands to you. It was God, what in the world are you doing? Wow. Like a- almost angry. And like he was saying he was standing on the on back. The way to Damascus, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, even though that prayer is like, I never want to get to the point where I have to, but like I'm gonna. It's, and the, I mo- have it's been. the most authentic, most authentic, real emotion that, mm-hmm. and and I yeah. think your pastor handled that perfectly wow. in That's that moment, cool. right? Like, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. a lot of pastors who'd be like, get, "Bro, it you can need help." I guess in a split second, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of people get on their deathbed. Yeah, you know, my yeah. brother was a little poor for his deathbed, but faith. You were talking about faith, mm-hmm. and that was one of the steps. I was trying to do something different. <clears throat> the steps. <clears throat> Biblically, of my my start, my 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 recovery, my maintenance of it is the armor, but you had to have the faith. The faith took a little bit to come by, and uh, this is one of my notes on my art. Um, uh, for those, man, I used to. <laughs> for, those, for those who hope in the name of the Lord, will renew their strength. They will be like. Like they will be like the wings of eagles, uh, they will run and not be uh, weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Um, so 
Yeah, you gotta have faith, and that's that's all just that's a faith one. Um, Psalms one twenty one seven eight. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over you over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. And just little things like that. Yeah, the faith. Yeah, you gotta have the faith before you can put the armor on. What are you gonna put armor on? Yeah, yeah you don't have anything to put it on. So I got that, the, the true faith, the true faith in God that that I have, uh, that all I need is the faith of a mustard seed. Um, that's in Matthew somewhere. Mm. You know, it's one of the small seeds in the world, and it grows into one of the largest trees in the world. If I can have the faith of just of a mustard seed, you can. Jesus tells us in Matthew, you can move a mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it took me a while to to really put my faith in. Say, God, you are you do. And even though I, I had so many so many examples, um, and I finally accepted that God's faithful, Jesus is faithful, and I put my faith in Him. And then I was able to armor up, put my armor on, and say no, no to everything, to everything. Mm. You know, Amen. There was other sin in my life, but it wasn't bad, bad. There, and when I was at Keswick, there was there was a little bit of everything. There was some really crazy stuff that people did. Um, I won't get into any of it, but they were there for like a lot of things. Mm. But um, my favorite thing was testimony. So I don't know why I haven't said my testimony in so long. Even when me when I told you, I was messing it up. I used to have it down pretty good because <laughs> um, I love testimony night. Even when I went to the secular meetings, the testimonies were great. Mm. The testimonies I enjoyed hearing. Um, um, even though I wasn't ready to give mine very much. But the people's testimonies were, were really inspiring and, and how they came around. And there was one in particular that stands out. This is a Keswick guy. Um, he said, uh, how I, it's how he came around to ended up in Keswick. He said, I became good friends with my drug dealer in Camden. Hmm. And he said, years, years I was buying my drugs from this guy. And he said, one night, one night when I go to pick up, he says, come with me, get in my car. I go, come with me. He said, all right, he jumps in with him. He drives him. He says, you, "He said you don't need me no more." And he pointed to the door of the church with a with a with an addictions meeting. Really? He said, "You need to be in there. Get out." And he said, "He got out and he went in." Wow! And it proceeded from there. His uh, his uh, recovery. Yeah, yeah. So God works amazing ways. He does. Hmm. Yeah, he used a like drug that. dealer in Camden. So, so after everything that you've walked through, like, what would be some advice you would give to uh, like people who want to reach people in addiction? There you, you know, go. Like that's if, good. Um, like, if you were to go back and talk to like thirty-year-old Carl, um, what what like you had people pouring into you at the time? Oh yeah. Could any of them have said anything? Do you they, know what I mean? Or, or my family? Anybody? Any, like, just, just anybody? No, yeah. they 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 didn't say anything encouraging. Okay. Um, they gave me all. You're a scumbag. I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're acting this way. Where'd your money go? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know, that's what I got from them because they were, they, alcohol was fine mm-hmm. in my family. Um, even though, like, my father didn't drink. My mother, my mother drank uh, one drink, 11 o'clock drink every night. She had a Many shot shavits. of whiskey. Oh. Huh? No, I was trying to guess. Yeah, every night she had an 11 o'clock drink, and that's all she drank. My sisters never drank at all. But um, we had a, a alcohol in the, in, the, in the family, but that was okay. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, no. I even went uh, by mistake um, to a uh, AIA meeting, and um, then I, I was in uh, Northfield or Limwood. And when I found out, and and I told him, I'm, okay, my name's Carl, I'm, I'm a uh, 
I'm a recovering addict, drug addict, and boy, I got some dirty looks from them alcoholics. <laughs> As if it's Let worse. Let me tell you what. Yeah, you're yeah. bad. You don't belong here in this meeting. What? Oh, yeah, they have that kind of an attitude. Sure they do. They wow. sure do. Their addiction's not as bad as mine. Mine's way worse. Which is crazy because that's one of the most addictive. Like, yeah. go through alcohol withdrawal is oh, yeah. insane. I think yeah, that's yeah. A, they have a very high death rate for alcohol withdrawal. Yeah, I think actually it's it's like I think it's yeah, worse. Well, I no, my, I think like heroin is. Worse. I just said no, it. They so do it's have true. A oh, sorry. When I when I took my brother off the couch to the mainland hospital, and uh, he's telling me, "Give me, oh, get, give me my bottle of vodka." Yeah, I said, "Billy, you're crazy. It's killing you." So we get there, and I uh, and we admitted him into the in the emergency room. I did. I drug him in, and uh, the nurse said, uh, "Is he an alcoholic?" I said, oh, "Yeah, he's an alcoholic." She goes, go get his, go get his vodka. I went home. I went home, got his vodka. She said, we'll give it to him. Really? Yeah. Then the hospital said, do you want him to die? Yeah, or, or go get his vodka. Mm. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he died in, he died in alcohol. Mm. What, was the, what was the hardest thing for you to put down? Oh, the, co- oh, the crack and the coke. Yeah. Either, either, it didn't matter either, either way. That was, yeah. that was the struggle. The alcohol I put down right away. Because I... I mostly, um, I, I only drank if I did, was doing the Coke, even at the bar. I didn't drink much at the bar because I spent it all in the bathroom. But, yeah, yeah. but if I had a couple beers, I had to have mm. the Coke. There was no doubt about it. I right. never needed it. If I just went in normal and had, if I had a beer right now or two, I'd probably be out on the street looking for it. Really? I, I, I wouldn't touch a sip of alcohol ever again. Hmm. I, I can't. I don't trust myself. And I just started recently, not long ago. Um, Tracy took all my money, all my paychecks went, you know, and uh, and uh, she gave me what I needed, and I had, and I needed to be treated that way, and that was at my request. So now, now after this time, I don't feel as if it's a threat to be out there anymore. Mm-hmm. Could it happen? I'm sure. You know, there's triggers, but I got I got the I got the the triggers right here, you know. Hmm. To stop that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried anymore about it. And there was a time, oh, I was scared to death about it. Yeah. You know? Hmm. And, uh, hmm. So if you were, say, like right now, there was someone who walked into our church and they were struggling with addiction. Like, what, what, what would, would you I start? Say to them? Yeah, what would you, where would you start? Do you know the Lord? Have you had any experience in the Bible? Do you know God? Do you go to a church? Um, do you talk to somebody? That's not going to be judgmental. Um, like, I'm sure if he's seeking it, he's already gone somewhere. Because that's the, f- the first stop, is admitting you have a problem. Um, admitting you have a problem. And uh, and when you do that, it, it makes it a lot easier, even though it may not work. You're gonna, like, some of them will say, uh, two, two steps forward and one step back, that's doing good. Um, I seen at the at the secular rehabs. I seen people selling drugs and buying drugs. Hmm. You know, swimming meetings over there outside buying and selling drugs. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I had a friend that wanted to get away from the drugs years ago. Not really a friend, but I know him. He he moved his family to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. So now he's got the urge. He said, "I'm there. I moved in, got in my house three months, and he really wants." It. He goes to to an NA meeting, and that's where he started using again. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, just just your approach that you took right there in talking to someone who walked in is is how Jesus approached the woman at the well, right? So he didn't he didn't say like, and I think our, our uh, 
someone who's not experienced and talking to someone who's reveling in sin would might be like, all right, let's get you to a rehab and then we'll talk about Jesus. But like Jesus said, I know you got husbands. I'm not worried about that. You know, and talk to a woman at the well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to give you living water. You know, let's, let's talk about something that um, I want to address the spiritual before we get, because again, if we, now I don't want to take this out of context, but it really doesn't matter if they die an addict or not. Right. Correct. Cause, cause, I was going to say that earlier. Because we I, are all addicts. To something. To something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It matters whether or not you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Another aspect of my recovery was this. I wrote this down. I said to myself when I was sitting there with the Christians, oh, no, there goes my fun. These people <laughs> don't have fun. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to have fun if I start hanging out with these people? I get and it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Is, is not having no money, am I having fun? You know, mm. no home, lost my home, is that fun? Lost mm. my car, is that fun? Living in a stranger's house, that's not having fun. So I'm like, I ain't having no fun anyway. Yeah. But the, but when I once I became around the Christians, I have a good time. I love being around them. I love yeah. being around uh, other Christians. Number one, the food's awesome. <laughs> no true. matter what church yeah. you go to. Find a calorie yeah. chapel, there'll be sweets yeah. and coffee. That's right. <laughs> my last church was the same way. The one woman still brings me uh, long hots. Ooh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good. Only Where's that church? We, 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 both, we both take care of an old man. Okay. Um, uh, she does a lot, and I go over a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Long hot sounds good. Mm-hmm. Back in my BC dairy days, my BD days, they um, I used to do potato bread and long hots. You ever potato bread? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, like, that sounds, know, yeah. You just wrap the long hots. Yeah, like, I could down like oh, eight, eight slices them. of bread. Yeah. Here's another verse I read, uh, 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes mm. and the boast, boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. Mm. Um, you know, he's not saying that's from Satan or anything, but from the world. Mm. And... Pleasure, I believe, is from the world. Yeah, the the what they tell pastors um, and people who serve in ministry, mm-hmm. um, you don't touch the power. I'm sorry, you don't touch the glory, you don't touch the money, and you don't touch the women. Those are the three, you know, kind oh, of yeah. safeguards to serve in ministry. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you don't touch the yeah. glory of God. You don't. So you don't take credit for anything. You don't touch the money because that will mm-hmm. taint your motives, and you don't go anywhere near the women. Um, that's right. And no, the, no matter what. Yeah, um, and that's referring to pastors. It's the same for the other way, too. I would you know, never don't touch the men. get into a car with another woman, even by ourselves, even though we're just friends. Yeah. Um, it's it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to set my, even though I probably wouldn't do anything, I'm not setting myself up yeah. for yeah. anything. And that's all it is. And I, and I believe that's part of the guardrails. Um, I went to the that's, church that's, where that's another way of put allowed, on the, the men weren't allowed to hug the women. There was a lot of hugging going on, but you couldn't hug a woman. They, yeah. The pastor would say something to you. I mean, he didn't like condemn it, right, right. but he, he didn't like it, and, and they didn't they didn't want that in the church. And I could say it; I could understand that. Um, and I just had that with a member of our church, and uh, he was taking a woman somewhere, and um, a long ride up North Jersey, and it was a favor. And I, and I was with him, and I said, you know what? I said, I wouldn't do that. Mm. I said, if I was you, I said, I, I, I would find someone else to go with you. And, and and if you can't do that, I said, then that person's just going to have to find another ride. 
and it's not about like you you can't control yourself. It's about no. it's about being above reproach. No, about right, about right. not having anybody to accuse you. Because my first defensive argument, if I were that guy, I'd be like, "What am I going to do? Like yeah. we're in the car, yeah, we're serving Jesus. I'm not a rapist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, yeah. God's kingdom can be halted by a stupid response to a stupid thing. Like yeah. there was a, a, ten years ago, there was a church in South Jersey that closed because a woman accepted Christ at an altar call at a church, and as soon as she stood up, she accepted Christ that she hugged the pastor, uh-huh. and so he was like, "Oh, it's great." So he like, he, I mean, it was in the middle of a moment. Like it wasn't like he sought her out. Yeah, yeah. She got up, she hugged him. She said he held too tight, and then she told everybody she made him feel unco- he made her feel uncomfortable. And then the she ended up suing the church, um, and I mean that's not like she was scheming no, all along though. I, I don't know. And then the, and, the, and the church went down. They they had to close up shop. The pastor was out of work, yeah. um, and it was because he they said that he she tried to pull away and he was still hugging, and so oh, she felt boy. like it was like an assault. Huh. Um, wow. And so I mean, not for anything, but like you just you just never know, you know, yeah. and like just to, to play it safe. Like what, what the example that I think of, uh, which is funny, is I I I, I chaperone. Um, senior trip once in a while for the school that I work at and um, we go to Disney and in uh, Harry Potter world there's uh, something called butterbeer and it's basically cream soda with butterscotch in it and um, that's all it is it's just cream soda with butterscotch in it and everybody looks forward to it and uh, we were told on our way down that we weren't allowed to drink it as teachers because if a kid takes oh, a picture yeah, yeah, yeah. and posts it on social media. It looks like beer, right, even yeah, if it's okay, not. So wow. I was yeah. like, well, there's that, a guardrail. And, and I took that to alcohol. It's the same thing. You know, yeah. if, if, uh, does Disney even, can you even drink in Disney though? I, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh okay. At the, right. at the, like there's uh, restaurants for like adults. Oh, okay. Um, and you can sit down and you can order it with like your meal. There's gotcha. not like okay. pubs or anything, but I think universal is just all those restaurants are just, you can uh, drink you can alcohol on any of them. You know, you were helping, talking about helping other people. Um, the church that I was affiliated with, um, they had uh, a recovery in Florida, and it was a very successful one called Solid Rock um, Addictions and Recovery Houses. And they had multiple houses in Fort Myers. So my nephew, um, I don't know where he's at, what he's doing today. I had to let him go. I had to let him go back to wrestling with the devil. And he, he was bad. His... He would. He needed to be in jail. Um, he had a bad life. Um, my nephews growing up, and uh, but the Mickey and Greg, they did fine. You know, they're they're both doing well. But Danny couldn't handle it, and uh, so he went to live with a with some people. And here they go, went to the church I was going to last, the last before I came here, and um, they invited him back in. I said that's not a good idea. Well, they had an antique um, Mercedes Benz. And they had an old station wagon and an old van. What's he steal? He steals the Mercedes, smashes it up less than a half a mile down the road. But and he's constantly getting locked up and let out of jail. Robin, he lives in Gloucester then. And now, now he's seeking me for help. I am not even clean yet. Um, I was just getting, oh no, I was just getting into where I met Tracy and I was getting clean. I was in that, in that house. And uh, I didn't have much time, a couple months maybe. And uh, I said, okay, well, get him in. I, and, I, and I had uh, ran into some money, not my brother's. I, I, uh, something that I had did and I got money. And I put 1500 bucks down for the air flare, and there was only one initial fee down there. So I paid for it. Well, he flunked. And I, told, I kept telling him, man, this guy, this guy can sell ice cream to an Eskimo without a problem. <laughs> so this pastor, he has a boat. You know, he's... 
he's got money and all that, you know. He's and uh, he said to my pastor, he called him. Danny failed miserably after a couple months. He stayed there. He just faked it. Mm-hmm. And I warned them of this guy. And uh, he said, none of these guys. Many years as I've been doing this, nobody would I take on my boat. He said, he talked me in, because he loved the fish, Danny. He talked me into taking him out on my boat. And then he, he burned them. He stole from them and took mm. off. And, uh, and and then I tried to help him again. I had to just leave him go. My, Tracy tried to help him. And then he's in, a, he's, in a, he's in Oakland up the way to his pike in a, in a, in a home. And he's, the guy's mowing the grass. Well, Danny's going to show him how to mow the grass. Whack. Cuts off all his fingers. Straight from here. Straight down. In the lawnmower. He sues. He gets money. My nephew, Greg, his oldest brother, brings him back down, knows he's doing that. Come down. I'll take care of you. I'm going to put your money in a fund. I'll let you have it. Greg took enough. He rented an apartment for a year. Still had a lot. There was, uh, after, after all, he, all he did was go around and make babies. After all, his baby's mamas found him and got them the, the, what he owed them. He got a couple hundred thousand dollars, like 300, so I don't know what it was. He was down to $78,000 because they took all the money, wow. when rightfully so. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he gets that, and that Greg does that. He figures out. He figures out how to get into my, my old nephew's account. So <laughs> he still has no more money, but he has an apartment for a year, but nothing. Mm. And it's all go-go bars and, and, and liquor stores. Mm. Uh, Greg... Every every cho- everything that money was spent on was go 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 bars down there in the liquor stores. Yeah, you spend that much so, money. and I had already cast him uh, back to the devil at that point. Uh, Tracy and I got him in. He was so bad, I put him in detox in mainland, and then uh, that's when we sent him down there. But I picked him up many times, and and he was going to drag me down. Mm. So you can't you can't let a, well, let a person yeah. like that drag yourself mm. down. Even if you're clean or whatever, because they will, they will take a hold of you like, like a dog when you're out mm-hmm. in the river, and that dog just wants to get on something. He's gonna sink you to the bottom. You'll yeah. never get away from that dog, and that's what they'll do to you. Mm. You know? Yeah, and I've seen. So I, I think that you, I've seen you talk to um, a few different people, um, like in the at the Breakfast Club, you know, ministry yeah, where that's we, we share, and yeah. even at the church when there was someone who walked in, yeah. Who, uh, was homeless or might have been struggling with addiction. I think uh, you're uniquely qualified. I think God is, I mean, drawn you into his arms so that you have this uh, special testimony. And I, you just have a way of talking to people um, when they're coming in from that. You know, I, the one instance I'm thinking of, the, the guy walked in and um, one of our elders was talking to him and he wasn't really connecting to this guy, you know, and, and you could tell the guy was either, you know, on something or, and then you walked up and you're like, all right, just tell me what's going on. You know what? And, and I, it was just such a, like a relatable approach to speak to him. And I think, you know, not only did God pull you from the muck and mire, but he's using you, you know, often. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's the authenticity. That, yeah. Because I see that a lot in Zach, too. Yeah. Where having been that person in the, you know, they can yeah. just, they just get the, like, just cut the, yeah. cut, cut the ball, just get right to the chase. You know, yeah. it's like, stop trying to dance around this. Yeah, like, like I remember Zach would even say, like, what do you Christian want right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he me? does it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you using? Like, you know, we'll be out there. It just seems so intrusive to me. But every time, I've never, not once seen him get offended. They're like, yeah, man, I'm on heroin right you, now. You, you on- ask him that? 
Yeah, the, 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 the like, yeah, if you go to Lake City, yeah, if, yeah. or Camden, like yeah. Zach constantly is asking them, like because he's getting right to the point. He's like, "Yo, you using?" Oh, Zach does. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And, no, and then and well, I've I've done it too, and and right. they've always just say they just be honest, and then then you can just go to next another conversation where it's like, "Listen, we have home and we have recovery programs." Yeah. Um, See, I don't I don't know what the resources are at with the uh, Breakfast Club, and I haven't I I haven't uh, taken that approach. Yeah. And I walk up and I speak with the guys, the people, and and uh, I just try and get a feel for them. But I haven't been able to really get it. Mm -hmm. No, but I'm saying I think you have, and I've seen you talk to a few different people. I'm like, wow, handle that really well. And yeah. I, I think it's just the authenticity, like like Joe was saying, where it's not nothing that they're going to go through is very foreign from things you've been right. through. You know, so it's I I don't have the same experiences to relate. You know, yeah. If you're talking to like an English teacher, you know, I might. You know, I have something. Who, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who has too many guitars. I like. I got it. Well, you know? if everybody was, if everybody was to turn red tomorrow to take coke, yeah, you'd be amazed. Mm -hmm. You would really be amazed. Wait, oh, so okay. if you could, got know, it, got it, got it, got it. If everybody's right. turned red, uh, but uh, Monday night when we were when we were all <laughs> talking, I said, "Be bald and don't be afraid to be bald." Um, and uh, and and I was thinking of an incident after I was clean. I didn't have my driver's license. I was in the house. Just starting to talk with Tracy a little more, and I went at the meetings. We had a lot of meetings, and uh, she helped. And uh, I, I, I had, I went to Tracy. Said, "Oh, there's a men's health down at the, down in on uh, Shore Road, in Linwood, and at the, you know, the, uh, Social Security, whatever. Uh, it was free. So a whole men's health. So I said, "Yeah, well, I'll go." So I get on the bus, and I and I got the bus pass, and I got one more dollar left. So I get in. I'm sitting there, and here's this black guy. Almost asleep, awake, and and I, you all right? Yeah, I'm talking to him. His name was James. I'll never forget. And uh, he said, uh, I, 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 need, I need a dollar. And I got one dollar. So I gave him the dollar. And we're talking. I'm talking to him about God because now I'm learning. I'm talking to him like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm asking him about his sister. I'm trying to get back with my sister. And uh, we get on the bus, and he was heading the same way I was. It was afterward, and he asked me to pray with him. And I didn't do it. Mm. And it was a blown opportunity. Mm. And I regret it to this day. And I had other ones. That's why you, I, I said you got to be bold. You got to be ready to be bold in the, in the Lord. And, and, and uh, in many different ways. But, but it took me a while before I became like that. I should have immediately jumped on it. Today I would. Mm -hmm. I think we all yeah. have moments like that. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're, them opportunities, boy, man. Yeah. Ooh, when they get away from you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in season, not a season. And Peter really blew his three times right after Jesus was, you know. Yeah, after he swore he would die for him. Yeah. I mean, Peter Peter blew his chances right oh, away. So he yeah. makes me feel a little better, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And they, people call him a saint, so. Um, so one, I know before we started, you mentioned that you like uh, Psalms 107. That's yeah. the, the scripture yeah, yeah. you have that even tattooed on you. And yeah. I have it pulled up. Do you mind if I read it? Just no, so go ahead. So... Um, I I have read this before, but I never really put it in the the lens of addiction, and and, and it's it's a fantastic scripture for that. Um, so I'll start in verse eleven. Okay. Um, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High, therefore He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses, and he brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death, and broke their chains and pieces. And oh, that men would give 
Thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Yeah, into. yeah, that's, that's what I like uh, right there. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I just wanted to um, get to tonight, and I, and I think you did an awesome job, like kind of painting the picture yeah. of how God pulled you from the, um, you know, the muck and mire and, and placed you uh, in his arms. And um, God can and will relentlessly pursue his children and he took 53 years from the jco <laughs> it took me you know 13 it it'll take my it took my dad 38 you know it, it god is always knocking at the door and one thing that i've learned from this podcast and talking to people like carl is is um i don't know kind of often i we focus. We just had a we just had a podcast on on children's ministry and how we can best minister to the kids. Uh-huh. Absolutely, it was it was great, and I think the conversation was good. Um, but like we said at the end of it, the Holy Spirit is the most essential part of salvation. It is the part that is going to be calling, relentlessly pursuing. And sometimes we may we may have the best Sunday school program in the world, but it might take forty eight more years for God to really call you to Him. You know? Yeah. And, oh yeah. Um, it's. It again, it takes the pressure a little bit off of our shoulders because it's all of the yoke is on Christ in that scenario. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. and we're planting seeds, we're giving the gospel. There were people in your life that did all of the right things and they, and you still didn't come to Christ. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. you're at Cassock, and they, it sounds like they were doing some right things, memorizing scripture and going to meetings and all that. But yep. until, until you know, the Holy Spirit called you, it, it you weren't ready. You know, and, and I, that's a really important lesson for us to learn as Christians that that person who maybe, you know, we go to the breakfast club and we, we're witnessing to, um, we give food to a hundred people. Um, and it, you may only see three people over that time come back multiple times and oh, well. then hear about it down the road. They might become children of God. And, yeah. and that's beautiful, but to not see that fruit come to fruition, you know, so tangibly very often is can be discouraging, and, but, but I think it's because going back to what we're talking about, like that part, it's it's a different like, wanting to see the instant <laughs> them coming to Christ instantaneously mm-hmm. is that that almost in and of itself is a lust of the faith. It's like kind selfish. Of. It yeah. is. It is. It's like I wanted to be the one to just, but it's like you hit him the first base. Somebody ten years from now is going to hit him the second. Somebody yeah. else is going to hit him the third, and then the Holy Spirit's moving them all around the diamond. But yeah. you're somebody. You know, each person has their part. Um, but we live in that like instant gratification world so it's like what well, you get distressed if you if you you know if you go out there and it didn't work that day it's like you thought that one phrase was yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, make them flip yeah, their right, life exactly, around and realize yeah. heroin was bad yeah, yeah, like they didn't yeah. know right, right, at right. that point um so i don't know just reading the, the such strong language breaking chains and gates yeah. of iron it's it's mm-hmm. it's There's a, something in here i wrote down about slow god not being slow but the saying that I heard uh, Ron Luce, it's a pastor that I've listened to in the past, he always used to say that we live in a microwave generation and we have a crockpot God. Here it is. About being slow in God's timing. Reference. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, mm. as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Mm. Um and I thought that was good because I often wonder, you know, God's not being slow. I always said, why were you so slow? I look at a guy like Paul, 
and say, man, if I if I could have done and and became a Christian, and just did things like that, you know, and and I still think that, and, and then I think wrong, but. Yeah. God wasn't slow with me. He timed it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And for what? He doesn't do anything that doesn't glorify himself. So if, 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 if maybe I had touched someone I didn't even know mm-hmm. in my addiction, but he, he's not slow mm-hmm. as we think he is. Right. The timing um, was perfect. Yes. Um, uh, and um, there was another point. Darn it. Man, I lose it so easy now. I guess it was all the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Oh God! Oh man! Well, that- oh 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 oh! The yoke, um, and and he, he were talking about him taking your yoke, and your uh, he'll take your yoke and make your burdens light. I forgot where that's at. But here's the thing: my the burdens on a lot of us, and and and, uh, and people like me, uh, especially, our burdens were hard. They were, you know, uh, I can't say that mine was worse than yours, and yours is worse than his. Mm-hmm. But the burdens, he's going to take your yoke mm-hmm. and make your burdens light. My burdens have no weight, no mass. And, and and you can't even see them, you know. There's it's not like something a burden with a weight to it. Yeah, it's like a hole in a barrel. It makes the barrel lighter, but it has no weight, and no mass. You can put it in the hot barrel, yeah. but but he's taking them burdens, and them burdens are coming from inside. Mm. There's nothing else. There's nowhere else he's taking your burdens from, mm. from but inside you, and they don't weigh anything. Yeah, he takes you. It takes your yoke. They right. only they only weigh something. And the yoke you think is heavy, but what exactly does material. he mean there? I guess something that's weighing you down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mean a weight that it doesn't weigh anything. It's just bad in you, mm-hmm. and it does come out. Yeah, it does come out, and it'll lighten your burden. Mm-hmm. I forget where that's at, but it's in there somewhere. There's a lot of words in there. Back yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> back to the uh, thing we're talking about, uh, like when we're witnessing the people and mm. wanting that, like wanting them to come to. Christ instantaneously. I almost feel like that's like it's, it's almost then when you want that, it's it's not wanting God's will because like you just read it, it's God, it's in God's will for no one to perish. Mm. So, but seeing somebody not accept Him in a weird way, you're seeing God's gift of free will. Yeah, it's a weird way to look at it, but it's it. But it, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I know what you mean. Because if you just went to every single person, we're like uh, Jesus saves, and every single one, it's like, it, oh, it would be ro- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be robotic, and it wouldn't even be it wouldn't be true yeah. love at one point. It, but seeing them like well, it, turn away from that, it's like it you're is. lucky. God, God gave you that choice. Yeah, yeah. Go, go go relish in it. You know, it, it's, it's my gonna, son. He right, witnessed right. everything. Right. You know, I would when they would come over. I would fall asleep, and I and I remember a couple of times. Come on, let's get out of here, and I'd see them walking away. And I'm like, "Yo, come back! Yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming back." Yeah, you know, you're sleeping. You're yeah, in a yeah. drug-induced coma almost. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you're right. My son can see physically see the change in my life. Now, he came to Kazakh to visit me and all, but mm. but it still didn't do it for him. I just don't understand it. Well, that, I think that's again I, the valuable the value of a testimony where you mm-hmm. you take a long time for you're older when you accept christ and i think the value is people get to see the change like Mm -hmm. if just like how uh, like our friend norm who passed away like at the funeral there were people here at at the funeral that knew bc norm before christ norm and after christ norm Mm -hmm. um there's not many people that i'm in still relationship with that know bc adam like before christ adam Uh, they just know the Mm -hmm. post christ he's like oh he's always been like that Mm -hmm. but when they see like carl i I knew him for 50 years he was he he had all kinds of stuff going on Mm -hmm. and now they're like 
wait, that's Carvel doing yeah, that, yeah, going yeah. to Bible study three times a week, mm-hmm. going to do a podcast with three young, you know, yeah, yeah, idiots on a Monday night, you know, and then so like the, I think it's almost a privilege to have that time for that you were so optical for people to see for so long to now it's like, oh man, that's a change. That's, that, that's like, that's how I was. This is how I am. Look at, look what made me change. Yeah. Um, and I have very few people left. Like my brother died. My older brother died. My sister died. My other brother died. So, and all the people, all the people that I hung out with died or, or, or are still doing bad. And, uh, and so there's nobody left. Like they say, "Wow, look at you now!" Compared to when we were in in all these bars yeah. around here, in the bars in Philly, and we were we were a club. And uh, they were I, I would never consider them bad people, and I don't consider them bad people now. Um, but like even your we family were, and your wife yeah, and I, like all those people. I yeah, think. like uh, Tracy. Uh, she accused me of um, one of my friends, and I got I got uh, he just yeah, he's my, he's a couple five years younger than me. I got, he lost his jo- job, but it was just one of the smartest techs I've ever been around. And, um, I mean, this guy, he was with that company I went to Philly, the first one with. He, that's the only job he ever had. Mm-hmm. He got out of the Navy, went there. That's all he did. And uh, then he started hitting the crack pipe. Me and him were smoking crack together. And, and that's when, when I started this, I separated from him. And he told me at the time, he said, I'll never do anything. I'll never do anything to, to um, get in your way of what you're doing. So that's the kind of friend he was. Tracy didn't know him yet, but accused him of being somebody else. I said, Tracy, I don't hang out with people like that. Even in my worst days, I knew who to hang out with. Mm. I did. They were they, but they were using like me. But they were good people. They weren't nasty. They weren't stealing. They weren't. Um, they, they were just basically me, and just a bar full of us. And uh, the, we them when them people came in, them type of people came in. They didn't last long because it wouldn't be long till we threw them out. Yeah, you know and. Uh, and, and it would literally, I never needed, if I went into the bars uh, around here, I didn't have to have money because I knew that everybody, I, I, would, I would be able to do coke all night and drink. Mm. And then they would expect the same thing back. Okay. And that's just the way it was for years and years and years. Um, so <laughs> then there's nobody around to see the turn in me. You know, I, was, I was literally nope. thinking that it's like the Church of Acts, but with yeah, Coke. the opposite. Because you know, in the Church in Acts, like they they they, they, they were, it wasn't a currency exchange for food. Like they broke bread and met in people's houses and prayed together. Yeah. It sounds like you know the opposite of that, but still the communal <laughs> the opposite, aspect. Opposite. But I'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. sounds like decent fellowship just with well, around yeah, they, around the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then and such a shame, Paul. I, I gave him up totally. Um, I tried to help him. He had a friend. And we were all using together. He grew up with this guy. Grew up in a rough neighborhood in Philly in Holmesburg, and uh, he was a, he was a good guy, good guy. But he was addicted. Him and his friend, and uh, his friend came around, and and uh, he said, "No, nah, Pat's carrying a Bible everywhere he goes." I'm like, "It's probably pretty good, you know." And then that's when I started coming around, and and uh, he's still using. I was still using too, but then he lost that job. Now he was the guy that that, that company I worked for had a uh, van set up in Florida. At the uh, Fort Lauderdale Airport, and um, he was the guy that flew down and got in that van and went and did service calls in Florida. We didn't have that many sites, but he did them. He was just a a really uh, a, a sharp tech. Well, anyway, I get it. now he loses that job. I get him the job with the company I was with for eleven years doing the CVSs, and uh, 
he, don't you know, it was probably about a year and a half ago, he gets caught on uh, Roosevelt Boulevard on a camera lighting a crack pipe mm. in their company van. Mm. And the, Phil, the city of Philadelphia sent it to the company. That company's in, um, up in North Jersey. Yeah. And they, wow. Yeah, so they, they got rid of him. I don't know what he's doing now. Because um, I pretty much I knew that he was still using, and I, I just said, Paul, you know, man, we're gonna have to we're gonna part ways now. Mm. You know, I'm gonna pray for you, I pray for him all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't know what he's doing. He was barely hanging onto his house. Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, I I think um, you know we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah. I think we got between addiction and and redemption, and I just I. Thank God for people um, that have come on this podcast in the past year that I've learned so much from, you know, yeah. just from different walks of life. And um, I I think it's just so cool that we're sitting here and, and like, you took your time on a Thursday night to hang out with three guys, you know, mm-hmm. and just talk about your, your testimony. Because you were asked, like, oh, like, how many, you know, people, and I told you how many people we normally tendency have a population we reach out to um, with the podcast. And you're like, wow, that many? Like, that, that's cool. Like, I'm excited to be able to share my life with those people, like. Um, so it's neat that you were willing to put aside, you know, that time and just share Christ. So thank you for coming I like for coming being out. around Christ. I like being, uh, yeah, man. you know, and um, I was hoping maybe there'd be somebody out there that if we reach them and if, and, and if they're out there um, to seek help no matter where and uh, the opportunities will start coming from you uh, to you and, uh, and, 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 and find a good Bible-believing church. Mm-hmm. And go and uh, learn to have to put your faith in in Jesus, and um, miraculous things will start in your life. Yeah, and I, I love that you keep emphasizing like finding a good church. I know that this podcast also airs on WNJH radio. It's like an internet radio show that goes out to Hamiltonians. That is basically who listens to it too. So this gets <laughs> this gets put on the, the social media platforms and so we said my last media. name right. Yep. Hector's going to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the I just found this out. The most viewed episode of ours on that radio show. Um, again, it's like we are. Our primary influence is in, through like Spotify and, and the podcast apps, but like we also go on in WNJH Radio um, was the Al Zolak episode. Um, so Big Al um, really? had it, it kind of exploded. So Big Al's a, a drug counselor, um, and he shared his testimony um, with drugs and, and how he overcame them mm-hmm. and um, the power of God and how it pulled him from um, that mess. And uh, I just learned that that was the biggest one. Um, so whatever it is, the the local community that, that was of where the big, we biggest one biggest. Uh, Forest reaching most views, um, really? most listens. Then, okay, to that that episode, and that's interesting because our the podcast apps that we use they go out to the general population, like anybody. We have people in multiple states listening, mm-hmm. but that radio station is kind of isolated to Hamilton, and that one kind of exploded in Hamilton. So what that told me was that there might be more people struggling with addiction in our community than we realize, because his yeah. story was one of addiction and okay. and how we got pulled out of it, and that one kind of blew up. And so I praise God for that because in the middle of his, he, he uh, gave the gospel message. I don't know if you guys remember that. He prayed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that means that people with addiction were listening and heard you know, the gospel message and uh, had a chance to accept Christ on the air. So that was kind of cool. And yeah. so I'm, I'm praying that you know, these conversations have the same effect where people get to hear. And if you are in the local community and you want to get plugged into a church, reach out to us. And even if you're not, so if you're in Virginia, we'll find a church. Um God works in crazy ways. We have a, a, a good friend of ours who'll probably 
reach out after he just moved to uh, another state mm-hmm. and uh, he was a new newer believer after a few months he just got plugged into our church and, and got baptized and it was like on fire and then god called him to another state to work at a different job and he was a little bit anxious about being called to another state being a new believer you know if you get plugged in and it's just uh god is so cool at our bible study he was coming out there was a person who doesn't normally come she ended up having a boyfriend in the state that he's moving to who lived 10 minutes away from where he's moving to, who's plugged into a healthy church that then was able to link him to that church. And so it's just cool to see, you know, God can use something like this platform with our community, with communities everywhere to do things like that. And, and so if anybody's listening and you want to get plugged into either some sort of recovery resource, we can, we will find it and we will link you up with it and you can meet Carl in person if you want. And uh, also get plugged into a church, please, please. I mean, that was, Every time Carl's mentioned something that he would say, the one one of the main three things is get get to know Jesus, get to know the Word, and get plugged into a church. Those are three really important things. Absolutely. So uh, we'll be praying for anyone listening that they do a any of those three is a good start. Yeah, and, and it's not though it's one though it's one that needs immediate recovery of the drugs and or alcohol or any substance abuse. Mm. It's not the only addiction out there. Yeah. Yes. Like we said before, mm-hmm. we're all addicted to something. So yes. Find what you're addicted to or whatever you're putting before God and whatever you're making an idol before God and, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. let it go at the foot of the cross. Amen. Mm-hmm. So um, with that, let's let's pray it out tonight. Uh, Joe, you mind praying yeah. this out? Uh, Lord, uh, thank you so much for uh, for Carl, Father. Thank you so much for this podcast, Lord. Um, I pray that uh, anybody listening, anybody within the hearing or a voice, Father, could just uh, take a moment to think about what they're putting before you um, if they know you, Lord. And I pray that... Uh, we could really take a personal inventory of, of the things that, that we're replacing you with, Lord. So today I pray that uh, we could just lay all these things down, whether it's anxiety, whether it's just substance abuse, whether it's whatever it is, Lord. I pray that we could just lay it down at the foot of the cross and just embrace you with open arms and just surrender to you and, and to your will. We know that you're calling all of us back uh, to yourself, Lord, and that you don't want any one of us to perish. So let us accept that, Father, and let us just run to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We sincerely thank you for listening to this week's episode of Encounter. On this podcast, our goal is to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. And specifically in the each other part, in our real conversations that sometimes span two to three hours, you may hear an opinion that you disagree with. First, please know that scripture is our ultimate authority and that the word of God is the ultimate test of objective truth. Second, know that we are all part of the body of Christ and we are constantly learning and growing as well and would love to hear from you if you think differently on a topic. You can do so by DMing us on Instagram. If you have been blessed by this podcast at all, please subscribe, like, and share it.